This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have Edric in the house, also known as Ed Two. Yes, sir. You know, people like you on here, man. They, they, they say your voice is very soothing. <laughs> so let me just do like a dedicated, like <laughs> help you sleep at night type thing. Oh, you should do. You know, I've been trying to get this other dude. His name is Jeremy. He has yeah. a, a very deep, bassy voice. Yeah. I was telling him he should just do a podcast for not even a podcast where he just reads like nighttime stories. Because <laughs> I would listen to that shit. Yeah. No. I mean, um, when I was uh, like in high school and like college. Um, yeah, girls used to tell me like, dude, you should be a late night radio host, you know, <laughs> like I could fall asleep to your voice. And I, I didn't know like how to take that. I was like, are you saying I'm sound boring <laughs> or, you know, you, I got a soothing voice or what? But um, yeah, they're like, yeah, you should be a late night radio host, you know, like I could imagine listening to you late at night and then just falling asleep to it. You know, it's weird, like on before I had this podcast and actually not even just this podcast, I don't think a lot of people know what their voice sounds like. Yeah. And then um, you don't know a lot of the mannerisms you have. For sure, for sure. What I figured out when I was doing this podcast and every time that I had coffee before I shot this, I would speak so fucking fast. (laughs) I had no idea. I would listen to this podcast and I didn't know what the fuck I was saying. But it's interesting, I think, that a lot of people, because they've heard me speak for so long, Mm -hmm. they pick up on it really quick. Mm, Because in my head, it sounds very coherent. But then when I'm listening to myself sometimes, I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're saying man and what's uh what's the there's a term for that no like when you listen back to yourself for the first time isn't there a word for that i don't know but i know that people get people don't like the sound of their voice right and and what i heard was that when you speak it reverberates through your skull or whatever and then whatever you hear from that out is a is a augmented version of what somebody else hears yeah right yeah no that when i uh first started doing music and i recorded for the first time i was like Yo, that's how I fucking sound like. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I fucking hate my voice, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I gotta do something. I got, I gotta get like the game's raspiness or something, <laughs> you know. Um, I, it it took me a while, man, just to kind of get over that part. Um, I, I would like record tracks and then I'd listen back and I'm like. Dude, I, I don't like the way I sound. Like I, I he's like that's your voice though, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. I got to do something about <laughs> it because if that's how I sound, like I, I don't, I don't want to hear myself. So why would anybody else want to hear me? That's you the know? same thing when I when I record, uh, you know, when I, me and Z do music together, yeah, yeah. right? And then I'm I'm trying to sound a certain way, and it sounds way better in my head for sure. It does. And then when you hear the raw vocals, yeah. I'm like, man, who the fuck is that, that's, dude? Ten out of ten, that's how it always is. It's like. You, you recite, you know, what you got written down and then like, you're like, oh, I'm at this place now where, where it's, it's great, you know, like I'm ready to record this and then you record it and it throws you off your yeah. game because you're like, 
fuck man that's not what was in my head when i was reciting it i think the hardest part for a lot of like people who want to be uh like young musicians out there right now i think like music is so accessible you have you get to kind of uh sample a lot of different things for sure i think that's why stylistically when mm. it comes to seeing i'm seeing a lot of different stuff yeah but at the same time one of the things that i see a lot that i get really disappointed in is how everybody tries to sound the same yeah because you know back in the day right we're talking about uh Snoop sounds like Snoop. Right. L O Cool J sounds like L O Cool J. Right. Dr. Dre sounds like Dr. Dre. Uh, Biggie sounds like Biggie. Tupac sounds like Tupac. Right. right. But I feel like a lot of the stuff, when I look at the top hits on Spotify, mm -hmm. I don't know who a lot of these artists are. Yeah. Right. So, for example, who's a couple of people that passed away? Uh, that Juice World kid, right? Mm -hmm. So, Juice World and everybody that's in his division of hip hop, mm -hmm. they, I can't tell the difference between them. Yeah. I'm not saying their music is bad, but what I'm saying is like, you guys swagger jack somebody's shit. And then you didn't make enough uh, changes to make it your own sound. Yeah. So when you hear that kid Juice World, or I hear, I don't know, like fucking, who's that one? Is he white? Uh, I think he's like mixed, but he looks really white. Who? Uh, he was that one kid that made a, he did like fucking chinky eyes in one of his uh, music videos. He got really, he got Oh shit, forward. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, that that does uh, sound familiar with the chinky eye thing. He but... did, he, he had a collab with uh, Kanye and they were wearing those, that fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. What's that kid's name? Fuck. I don't listen to his music. So the I one in the big balloon. Uh, exactly. Album. Yeah, yeah. You uh, guys know who the fuck we're talking yeah, about, right? But I forgot what. Then I confuse his stuff uh -huh. with like Lil Uzi Vert. I, yeah. You know, I don't know the damn difference. Yeah. And I think like the hard part is, especially, and this is the same thing for people who sing. They all kind of start to sound exactly the same. And I think like the hard part is for certain musicians, especially when it comes to singers, is that sometimes people don't work with the voice that they have and mm. they try to steal a voice that somebody else has. Right. Right. You know? And you know, I mean, that's the thing though. Like when you're first starting out, in my opinion, anyway, like the best is to emulate the greats, right? Because mm -hmm. they're greats for a reason. Um, and their, their music is timeless for a reason. So you start emulating them to kind of start discovering yourself, but that's the point. You got to take that next step to discover your own style through that, you yeah. know? Um, but then when it just becomes like pure emulation, um, then there's no originality, there's no artistry in it. And, and like, that's the thing, man. Um, some people might think I'm a hater for it, but I just think today's music for the most part is is not that timeless, you know? Yeah. And like you said, I look at the the top hits, like top singles, top artists. I don't know like 90% of who the fuck these artists are because I don't even bother to listen to their shit, you know? Yeah. I've, I've heard kind of like what's popular out there without knowing who the artist is. And it's enough for me to not want to look into who the artist is, yeah. you know? Uh, whereas... For us, like growing up in the golden era of hip hop and R and B, like those those jams and those artists are still relevant today, right? Mm -hmm. They're still very well respected. The music today is still considered hits. But then I don't know, like twenty years from now, if music coming out of 2020, 2019, 2018 is is going to be considered timeless, you know? Yeah, I, that's the. I, sometimes I wonder, it's like, am I just fucking old? <laughs> yeah, am I just one of those like old? I question dudes? that too. You know, because yeah. I I don't want to sound like a hater either, yeah. right? Because it's not like I don't enjoy that music when it plays, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this shit's fucking dope. Like yeah. I fuck with it. Yeah, but. Can I recite the lyrics? No. Can I recognize it from another song? Not yeah. really. You know yeah. what I mean? And I and I don't know if I'd be listening to that shit later on because it's not like I don't fuck with these artists. Yeah. Like, I think like the music is dope. Mm -hmm. But in, in in terms of the conversation of it being timeless, mm -hmm. that's where I I don't know if it's timeless. Uh, I, I if I were to bet my money on it, I would say it wouldn't be timeless. It's just honestly 
it's relevant to right now and that that's all it's going to be and you know for me the only reason why i recognize these songs is because i recognize i don't like that song yeah i heard this one i don't like that song you know that's how i remember it not because oh shit i remember this jam because it was dope i don't even know who the artist is but i thought it was a dope jam um no it's like dude i i I don't like this song so i want to fucking turn this song off right now um i think one of the things that i always like to reference to is uh was it the breakfast club i think mm-hmm. i think it was yeah. the breakfast club with uh, with uh, jay-z when jay-z came on yeah. and he was talking about the evolution of music and how uh i forgot who said this but somebody was like don't you think there's um there's no good music out there he goes no i think there's a lot of great music out mm-hmm. there it's just that uh you just got to really listen for it right you know so that's and then he also kind of said something very poignant which i which i 100 percent agree and he's talking about how how we kind of digest music nowadays is too fast. Yeah, we're for too sure. quick to say an album is the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. We're quick to say the track is like the best fucking track out there, mm-hmm. and we never really sit with music because of how uh, music was received, who the critics were. Because mm-hmm. everybody can be a critic now, yeah. including me. Like yeah. I can be a critic. And so after I listened to that interview, I went back and I listened to some of the albums that I didn't like from mm-hmm. artists that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I started listening albums once again, like we used to back in the day, yeah. from uh, front to end. Right. And when you listen to an album from front to end, sonically, it just sounds so much better. Yeah. But we're picking and choosing certain tracks because we feel like we vibe with it real quick, mm-hmm. but we're not really thinking about what the artist did to create that album as a whole piece. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that's the thing is that nowadays we're, we're talking about instant gratification, mass consumption, right? Mm-hmm. So. Nobody really has the uh, like attention capacity or or even the desire to sit there and like really treat an album as an experience like it's a movie or something, mm. you know. And and there are definitely artists who are still trying to do that in in, in current time. And, and like one of the most I guess notable artists would be Kanye. You know, he still does try to sometimes make an experience out of his album from start to finish. But nowadays, it's all about single. I mean, that's what it's been, singles. You know, ever since the shift happened to digital, it's really been about singles and it's a singles market. Nobody's really caring about uh, trying to sell full albums. They want to sell songs. I mean, it's it's the way that everything kind of evolved because nobody really wants to wait for art anymore. For sure. They want to have it now. And mm-hmm. if they don't have it now, they move on to the next exactly. person. Exactly. Which is kind of sad because we're talking about like... Mm, it's it's hard to say who's really a fan of something now, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like for people that I'm a fan of, whether you release something a year from now, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. I'm still going to be waiting for that shit, right? Yeah. Like for example, uh, because I fuck with, I don't know, uh, like J. Cole. J. Yeah. Cole could take a hiatus for two, three years. Yeah. And when his album drops, I'm, I'm the first one to cop it. Right. Easy shit. Yeah. Same thing with like Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, my current favorite artist is this dude from that show, uh, from that one uh, hip hop show that was on Netflix with like Ti and everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, D Smoke. Have you oh, heard okay. Of him? No, I haven't. D Smoke is fucking fire, dude. Yeah. Like he he's uh, from LA, straight mm-hmm. out of Compton, and this mm-hmm. dude is I'm sorry, not Compton. Sorry, Inglewood. Okay. He reps Inglewood really hard, and uh, he's like one of those people. He when you first listen to him, he mm-hmm. kind of sounds like Kendrick. He has that Kendrick vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're both from LA kind of mm-hmm. from the from similar neck of the woods so you, they kind of have a similar style but when you listen to them really they, they sound very sonically different yeah but if you if you love like Kendrick you love J. Cole you'll fucking love D-Smoke I'll check him out and I feel yeah. like he makes a lot of timeless music uh-huh. like I've, I've I've never had an, a new artist come out where I played him so repetitively mm-hmm. constantly I love mm-hmm. his shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I mean the thing is that's not to take away from like the artistry of current music too um, because at the end of the day 
art music is subjective right mm-hmm. there, there's it, it, it's gonna be somebody's cup of tea and it's somebody else it's they're gonna be like that's garbage mm-hmm. uh, so i don't ever disrespect like somebody's artistry it, just because i don't like it doesn't mean that it's trash it just means like that it doesn't resonate with me for whatever reason yeah. you know um but at the same time if i was trying to create that type of music i probably couldn't do it yeah and and so that's where the respect comes from it's like no matter what the inspiration is no matter what the process is for how you came to that that what you created i respect that you know whether it's it was uh from drugs whether it's just you know you just got a different uh creative side in your brain whatever the case is i respect that but a lot of what's coming out right now it's it's hard for me to really enjoy because one i don't understand what the fuck they're saying and, yeah. and like, I think for me, lyrics is so important just because I was an artist myself. And mm-hmm. so like the writing aspect of it. Um, and two is if they even wrote it, right? It, I mean, did they have ghost writers on it? Did they have, yeah. did they have other writers on it? Right. Sometimes you look at, you know, the sheet and there's like seven, eight credited yeah. writers. Right. And then, so it's like, if you're not writing your own music, then what essentially, where does the artistry come from then? Are, are, are we essentially saying your voice is your artistry? Like yeah. that, that, that's that's your artist integrity right there? And I, I can't fuck with that. Like it, you, in order to be an artist, you have to be really creating. And it's like, I'm not saying you can't collaborate with people. Obviously music as a collaborative process is like one of the most magical things in the world, right? Yeah. But then when, yeah, you got like that many different writers on your shit, um, it's like, how much did you really do then? You yeah. know? And it's like, when you're in the studio and you're doing these things, you can kind of get an idea when there's that many writers, they didn't do that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, most of it was coming from, yeah, the, some of these- uh, Everybody's just trying to grab points. That's why yeah, they, they, sure, say, they say sure. a couple of words like, yo, why don't you just take that hook yeah. and then bring it up like yeah. two spots earlier yeah. and then use the word the. Yeah. And it's like, make sure you give me my points real quick. Yeah, 5%. Right yeah, there. I want 5% for that fucking change. Because I feel like that's even how it is with uh, like bigger artists. And so I uh-huh. forgot who was telling me this, but um, he was telling me like even artists like Beyonce, like mm-hmm. you, you see the album and you see that she's credited as one of the writers. Yeah, but she, he's like, but she didn't really do much. Like mm-hmm. she walked in and she was like, oh, I probably prefer to sing this spot here, and then mm-hmm. she gets fucking big writing points because obviously it's her album and it's fucking yeah. Beyonce. Yeah, but did she really write the song? Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's the thing, and it's like. You know, not to say that some of these big artists aren't talented or whatever. And maybe they're at a point in their career where it's like, I'm too famous. I'm too rich to be inconvenienced by anything, you know? So it's like, I want everything done for me. And then I'm just going to come in and do what I got to do, right? Um, But then there are still people who really treat the process like it's art, you know? And and I respect that. And like, guys, again, going back to a guy like Kanye, I know he's become a very... Or even a more controversial uh, figure. He's so polarizing. Yeah, he is. He's very polarizing. polarizing Shit. (laughs) Yeah, but the dude is. I mean, he's a fucking creative guy. You know, I'm sure his. You gonna vote for him as a president? (laughs) Oh, I said he's a creative guy. I didn't say he's a political guy. You know, that shit came out of nowhere. He's like, I'm going to. I'm. He's like, yay for president. Yeah. And uh, what what did people think? People think people were thinking that he's doing that because he's trying to. uh, split up the democratic right, vote. Right, right, right. I don't, I don't know if that's his uh, motive. I, I really don't know. I mean, you can never guess with that guy because sometimes it's just. I don't get him. Yeah, he goes on a bender sometimes, you yeah. know. And, and I, I think it's because he's bipolar too. Sometimes when he's up on his upswing, he, he might just like kind of 
go ham on on like crazy shit and then sometimes he's on his downswing did you hear about that theory about what? kanye west what theory how you know this whole time he was wearing the maga hat and mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. and that that was what he had to do to get close to donald trump mm -hmm. so he could do prison re reform so this was something that he <laughs> planned out since the beginning and uh -huh. there was this whole tweet about how um the money that he that people thought he was donating to Trump's campaign. Yeah. They looked at the receipts and uh -huh. it was actually to Hillary. Uh-huh. But he was just doing this as a whole like anime master plan to just get close to the enemy. And he was just going to be a martyr and take all these bullets and yeah, these shots yeah. just so he could get justice done. Wow. If that's the truth, man, I mean shit. That's that that's pretty crazy. I hope if I'll I'll listen <laughs> I haven't listened to his music in so fucking long because uh -huh. of his fucking psychotic episode. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I could fuck with them like that. I mean, right? he's, but I still he's listen been... to R. Kelly. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm fucking around. <laughs> Dog. Oh, dude, that was hard. You know when R. Kelly when when the the R. Kelly documentary came out. Yeah. You know the weird thing was like I didn't know this podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friends. Are you that type of person that wants to start exploring a passion but you don't think you have the time, or maybe you just don't know where to start? That's where Skillshare comes in. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes to help you explore new skills and learn shit on your own time and schedule. There are so many things that I want to do and learn and Skillshare has the craziest amount of online classes that I can choose from that I personally love. Right now, I'm going through a course called Filmmaking from Home and the tips that I've gotten from this course, I use in my videos now. You guys have seen my YouTube videos. Well, a lot of this filmmaking stuff that I've actually picked up that I didn't learn just from watching other people's stuff, I found it through these courses. So explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com brain. That's two whole months of unlimited access access to thousands of classes for free get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com brain that's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com brain it's like i knew of it yeah. but for some reason i didn't know uh-huh you know because all the stuff that he did yeah. for some reason i guess because we were so young we kind of ignored it yeah I, I don't know what it is but uh when i was thinking about my uh wedding playlist there mm -hmm. was like fucking four r kelly songs oh, on my. there and that shit had to be deleted with the quickness <laughs> yeah. out of here well i mean i think it's when we were younger we didn't uh, consume and receive information on the level that we do today. Yeah. You know, so like if the scandal breaks out, there's only room for one scandal. Yeah. Not like five fucking scandals at, at one time. And that's just in the first hour. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, I mean, the way information spreads is so much different now. And it's, it's like, like that. And then everybody's on it and it's trending on Twitter. Fucking you know? Elon Musk is endorsing Kanye West. Well, you, Elon Musk and also uh, what obviously Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out why. Well, Chance, they're both from Chicago, you know? And, like, when Chance was coming up, Kanye, you know, definitely, like... Helped get, him out. Yeah, yeah. You know, gave him a little bit of a platform to get his name out there. Um, so that's probably why. But does he really think that Kanye's going to do a good job? I mean, he's clinically bipolar. He's he's admitted it. That's, that's the thing, That's the man. odd thing. Like, I, I personally don't think... I don't give a fuck how much you help me out. I, I'm still going to go by my moral compass. Yeah. That's the thing, too. I, I I feel like people confuse sometimes. They go, well, if we're homies, I, if I fuck with... Or if you fuck with me, you got to support me 100%. <laughs> what if you're a fucking rapist? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm supposed to support your raping? Like, I don't yeah. fucking think so. We're going to have yeah. a side conversation. Yeah, why I'm don't my... you babysit my daughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's your fucking moral compass? Like, yeah. I, I fuck with Chance the Rapper, but I thought it was very odd that he would endorse him in that type of way because he was tweeting like, I've, uh, what's it, Kanye West put out this tweet where um, it was something about his mom, right? Mm -hmm. And he was like, how can I not support this brother who's, who, you know, who has this beautiful soul mm -hmm. or something to that line. I'm, I'm yeah. paraphrasing, by the way. But I'm like, 
I love my mom too. I shouldn't be fucking. What the fuck does that got to do with him being the president of the United States, right. Chance? What the fuck are you talking about? You know man? the thing is too though is that we obviously know of his public persona and like all all the kind of mishaps that he's had right in the public eye oh yeah 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 but the thing is it's like well because i have a little bit of anecdote to, to that because like i got a friend who's uh i won't say what industry he's in but let's just say he's in entertainment yeah. and he's worked with kanye directly and he told me like how perceptive and and how like uh smart kanye is when it comes to like his own public image right mm. and then, so they did something for kanye um and Kanye looked at it and then he just kind of processed for, you know, like 30 seconds or whatever. And then he's like, yeah, but don't you think that it should be a little bit louder because people look at me and they think I'm this like super loud, super brash type of personality. And that type of thing that we're trying to do won't necessarily fit with that image. So I think we should go bigger and we should go even louder with it. And he said he was really taken aback by that because of how perceptive he is of what his public image and public persona is. Hmm. And then he's, and the fact that he's plays to that, not saying, oh, we should tone it down to like do a little bit of a damage control type thing. No, he's like, that's what people perceive me as. Let's play to that. You know, let's, let's make it bigger. Let's make it louder. Let's make it more in your face. And so that's the thing is that we won't ever know who that, um, who we know public Kanye, but we don't know private Kanye, you know? Maybe that, oh, man, that's hard to say too. Yeah. It's just, it, I find it so hard to believe that somebody can can do that and then be okay. Because I, I mean, I always say I don't give a fuck, but yeah. I give a little fuck. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, I'm not out here. I can't. You I got can't, a conscience, you know. Yeah, what, I can't do all this. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, maybe, I mean, I feel like he is somewhat of a genius. I mean, he's this man creates culture mm -hmm. at the end of the day if people if you can't give Kanye credit for anything you could give him credit for creating culture I mean the man uh, he's a musician a producer that single-handedly affected streetwear the yeah. way that he did yeah you know what I mean yeah like he's played a huge hand I mean people can go and say like well he took from this this and that but he's the one that had a huge platform and the and the waves that he made with streetwear is unreal yeah for it, sure um, and the thing is, it's like the funniest shit is the whole dad shoes uh, trend. Oh my god, yeah. people hate it. Um, I, I fucking yeah. Hate when it. when that first started uh, trending, I was like, that's fucking garbage. And I still to this day, till this uh, day, yeah. but the wave runners, I did not yeah. like. <laughs> but Kanye was like, he actually uh, said something about that. So his his uh thinking process around it was yeah. So like I saw some of these tastemakers starting to wear these dad shoes. And maybe they were doing it kind of like more tongue in cheek and it was supposed to be like a sarcastic or even, you know, like parodying uh, what dads are like. But he's like, I'm a literal person. I just took it literally. <laughs> so uh, he's, uh, I saw the tastemakers wearing it and I literally said, that must be what's popular. So I'm going to start fucking with dad shoes. That's so fucking funny, <laughs> yeah. man. And then he made it this worldwide trend, you know? That's so crazy. It's it's. That kind of reminds me of when I watch some of these uh, people who break down films, right? So they, I forgot what this YouTube channel is. People probably know this shit, but mm -hmm. uh, they they break down certain films and they kind of break it down in a digestible form for somebody like us yeah. who we don't really know a lot of firm, uh, film uh, terminology and mm -hmm. how these directors come out with the with the composition of their shots. Mm -hmm. And they're super intricate, right? They draw these lines. They say that you could tell by the way this light is here is to shape this area uh -huh. to a to basically exact this type of emotion and then i remember i saw this other video where there was a filmmaker 
and I can't remember who this is. Somebody can look this up for me, but I was dying laughing because this guy broke down why this film was this way. Right. And then they, this person edited another clip where uh-huh. somebody asked them about the composition of a particular shot. And yeah. He goes, I just used the lens because I thought it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the funniest shit you know when it's I mean? like that. Yeah. Like people kind of sometimes overanalyze shit. Yeah. You, you add a lot of this hoity-toity stain to it when yeah. sometimes people just have a good eye for art yeah, and man. that is what it is because yeah. they were breaking down why this uh, director specifically used like a 35 or a 50 millimeter lens uh-huh. and why he chose that focal length and he was just like, I put it on, I thought it looked good. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. That's simple sometimes. I mean, that's the thing, man, is that whenever you try to look too deep into something, you'll find dots to connect. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's where like those conspiracy theories and all that should come from. Uh, but sometimes it's just like, yeah, you got to take it at face value, man. There's not always a deeper meaning. Dude, you know? I'll tell you this fucking funny story too about Brian McKnight. So Brian McKnight, first of all, I'm a huge Brian McKnight fan. Uh, the way that I sing, all my runs, everything else is based off of this man. Oh, the, like guy, I, the dude's a legend. Man. Yeah, I idolize yeah. this guy, right? Yeah. So uh, Brian McKnight, he, uh, a friend of mine did a photo shoot um, she's a photographer mm-hmm. and then she told me something it was a little devastating but <laughs> everybody knows that song fucking 6, 8, 12 like yeah. one you're like a yeah. dream come true yeah. everybody loves that song and is talking about these these numerical steps to how he fell in love with somebody uh-huh. right and this fool told her he, she asked him kind of how he came up with that song uh-huh. it didn't go into the into the the expose or the piece yeah but she told me that he told her that he came up with that be, while he was taking a shit and he was looking at an ikea pamphlet about how to build a, a table and so that's how he developed that song <laughs> 6812 i'm not sure if it was ikea but it was some type of furniture shit yeah yeah and the that's steps. how and that's how he came up with 6812 hey man whatever the creative process like i said whatever what the, the fuck, creative man? process is whatever it took to create a masterpiece i ain't mad at it that shit was devastating though because <laughs> i love this song he was i remember i feel like i know a majority of the r&b music that i went for mm. based on the the romantic relationships that i tried to have growing up just specifically me just getting dumped or rejected so that's why i know so when i when i was uh was how old was i 19 or 20 19 or 20 i was Uh like dumped by my very first girlfriend yeah right from that point on i could recite almost every boys to men oh bribe at night you were in your feelings i was i remember this one i could remember exactly how it was i remember i I made this mixtape for my own heartbreak yeah And then I just hit that you CD player. For I made a mixtape for myself, and I laid in bed, and oh, I remember man. crying so much that the tears were going into my ears, dude. And I couldn't hear because I kept crying into my ear holes. That's <laughs> one of the saddest shit. I don't give a fuck. Oh Doug, my god, I was devastated, yeah. and that's why I knew all these like obscure boys to men songs that weren't radio <laughs> hits is because I had their shit on repeat. Yeah, and that was back in the day when we used to download our shit through BitTorrents. Yeah, yeah. You know, before the Spotify and all these streaming content, we had to download that shit. Mm-hmm. And every song that I had to download, by the way, you motherfuckers, was like one track was three hours <laughs> to get because I had like fifty six k. So it should. So you have to understand how much I love that music to take three weeks to have one mixtape and i <laughs> cried my ass off L- fuck that bitch 
I fucking loved you, ho. I fucking loved you. How long was the relationship? Like a year. Oh, okay. And that's still, hey, for for high school. That's she was still... she was like my very first girlfriend. I, uh-huh. I I mentioned her so many times, and it's funny because I haven't been into after her. I didn't get into a lot of serious relationships because I was so dedicated into one person. I kind of mm. realized how close minded I was. Yeah. Specifically for somebody who wanted to be a stand up comic and who wanted to have life experiences. Yeah. yeah. I kind of chose to be this. I would say a one woman man, like mm-hmm. as if um, I was like polyamorous or anything like mm-hmm. that, but more in the sense of I, all I wanted for myself was like the, the white picket fence, a house and to be married to this one girl. And I wanted to be a stand <laughs> at 18 years at 18. old, but I'm from Sacramento. We were uh-huh. a small town, yeah. you know? So I just, and I was like, how the fuck are you going to do this and be a stand up comic? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't really think about that. Yeah. I just thought about her. Yeah. And then you're like romanticizing this like picture book. Dog, I, I remember this one point because she and I were, after I broke up, we were still kind of like on this weird like friendship thing. Mm-hmm. I remember I told her, I was like, fuck. And I had this moment where I'm like, I can't be in Sacramento anymore. And I looked at her, I was like, I'm going to just fucking buy a one bus ticket to LA and never come back. And she looked at me like I was the dumbest fucking person on that. She goes, why a bus ticket? I'm like, bitch, because I'm broke, dude. That's why a bus ticket fucking question me. Because that's what you do when you're fucking sad and heartbroken. <laughs> you take a fucking Greyhound, all right? And you buy a fucking 40 and you're drunk. I was like, you did this to me. What the fuck are you talking about? And I think I would just say that shit to her, yeah. just elicit a reaction out of her as a young person. Because uh-huh. I wanted almost her to feel bad. Mm. It's like, bitch, you're the reason why I know all these Brian McKnight songs, ho. Because of you, you motherfucker. Man, when you're 18, 19 years old, man, you, you got to be thinking about fucking Skittles taste the rainbow. You got you to experience Not me, dude. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I actually wanted to be a teacher. Right, uh, right. Which is weird. Like, I when I look back at this timeline, I'm trying to figure out when these thoughts happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to be a teacher. I remember I wanted to be a stand-up comic. And I started doing stand-up when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So... Somewhere in between me still wanting to be a stand-up comedian, I also wanted to be a teacher. But how the fuck was that going to work out? I don't know. All these things coexist, man. Having the white picket fence and marriage or kids. I didn't think about that shit. None of this shit made sense. It doesn't. I mean, mean, shit, that would be a huge accomplishment if you were able to balance all of that. Yeah, I, I didn't really think out. Yeah. anything as a kid like i just wanted what i wanted at the time but that's the beauty of it though bro that's the beauty of imagination that's the beauty of like being kind of naive right and and um that that's why it's like you still have that pureness somewhat you know and that's why i like love when kids are just able to to kind of like be free and mm-hmm. and, and and just kind of like express themselves in the way they express themselves because seeing that it's like and I remember that. I remember what it was like to not have all these responsibilities and have all these things that affect your decision making process. Yeah, because it, it kills it kills that that inner child in you little by little. Oh, you dude, know, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna be the parent that when my kid comes up and he draws something stupid in front of me, I'm gonna fucking tell him it's dumb. <laughs> What the fuck is I'm this bullshit? Do, I'm, I'm really going to do my best not to do <laughs> oh that shit. I'm going to do my fucking best. When they come up and they're like, Dad, I got this great idea. Yeah. I want to make these little spinach bowls and then sell it to the other kids and so I can make a lot of money. Yeah. And I think as an adult, as a parent, you want to kind of 
I would encourage them and support this idea and say, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to help cook that spinach for you, and then we're going to sell it out in the street and just go out there. I feel like that's what good parents should do. Are you a fucking idiot? I'm going to look at him and be like, are you fucking dumb? Who the fuck is going to buy your spinach? What are you, Popeye, bitch? Throw that shit in the fucking garbage can and sell something real. I mean, that's going to be kind of the challenge, though, right, of being a parent, right? Because, like, now – you, you you have to take what you've learned and kind of like your life experience and, and like not necessarily apply it to the kid at certain points in their life. You got to let know? them explore. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by me, Undies. Have you ever looked at a pair of your underwear and wondered why you chose to have this shred of sandpaper covering your delicates? You're asking yourself these questions because you don't own a wonderful pair of me undies. The crap you have on now is hideous and you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, no more, you sons of sexy bitches. You deserve better super fun prints amazing fabric and it's just dope to have some boxers i can feel sexy in and not only do they have the best undies they got pajamas tops bottoms that are fucking comfortable as well listen between you and me i usually sleep butt naked but these are so comfortable i can feel butt naked without being but naked. That's a David So guarantee. Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meundies.com slash brain. That's meundies.com slash brain. One more time to get this offer. That's meundies.com slash brain brain that that's it might it might be a little bit hard you know because uh you might be having a bad day one day and then you look at that and you're like the fuck is this bullshit sometimes i'll be looking at these kids and they they kind of draw their shit for their parents yeah. They're like look what i did and the parents are like that's the best thing i've ever seen yeah i'm like you fucking liar hey that but, shit's trash but, but you know, yeah no to, to be honest though to be honest like when you see this like existing being that came from your fucking balls, right? And and they're mm. a living, breathing human being. That shit might, it might be incredible. You know that like- Yeah, when you see, oh, it's like, oh, because you saw them from conception till yeah, now. It's yeah, like, oh shit, like I can't yeah, believe- Yeah, like they're, they're actually fucking doing something now. So I can't understand that because I don't have a kid. So yeah. I have no clue what that feeling must be like, but I can kind of imagine of thinking, man, like Dave Chappelle said, you were inside my balls, man. Yeah. And, and now you're this fucking human being who's who's coloring outside the lines. And, Dude, Dave, Dave Chappelle's, uh, I thought it was a stand, it's not even a stand-up special where he did the whole, where he just opened up that tent and God knows where. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about the whole George Floyd situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shit was amazing. Yeah, that was that shit made me laugh and that shit made me cry. Yeah. I was like, I'm fucking tearing up. Yeah, yeah. Something about the way Dave Chappelle speaks, it, it kind of, he does it with such conviction, right? Sure. And this fool said some of the funniest shit, but he said some of the most poignant stuff too. And and, and it flips like that on a dime. Yeah. You know, he's like leading into what you think is a joke, but then it doesn't go all the way there. And then he flips the script on you and you're like, yeah. oh shit, I wasn't ready for that. But that was fucking powerful. You yeah. know, I mean, he's look, man, he, he he's, he's a fuck. He has the gift of gab, man. He, he's like a master of speech and he like master of timing. He, he just knows how to hit, hit it right in the pocket, right in the feels. Um, and, you know, I feel thankful to have somebody like that during my lifetime just to provide that type of social commentary who's also a comedian, right? And, and to, you know, just be able to laugh at it and also 
kind of give you more perspective on the situation because the dude is a fucking intelligent guy, man. Yeah, I, I don't know why some, about the way he sets up jokes that I think typically that when most comics would tackle the way he does uh, – say i say sometimes insensitive things mm-hmm. i don't know how he does it in a way where typically stuff that i probably would find offensive i find yeah. so funny yeah i don't know how he does that shit i think i think it's like um he just knows how like he's he's mastered the art of being real you know what i mean like you what do you think pc culture has gone too far when it comes to comedy i think so yeah. i think so i mean because the thing is just in general not just comedy but just just in general i think it's gone a little bit too far with things like people are so hypersensitive to everything you know and it's like look man i understand that uh, it might be something that is near and dear to your heart for whatever reason but at the end of the day it's like dude if we can't laugh at certain things then what what the fuck is the point of living like if if we're so serious and uptight about everything all the time and those things exist to kind of lighten it not yeah. n- not to necessarily like attack a certain topic or or to like uh you know be like I hate a, a certain type of people. It's dude, it's just all in in good natured fun and, and and like again going back to Dave Chappelle, I think he's a master of that. Yeah. Like you can tell he's not a fucking hateful person. There's no like malicious. Yeah, intent. there yeah. isn't. There isn't. He's just seriously like making a joke about it. And and if you can't laugh at it, I feel sorry for you tell you the truth yeah because i i don't feel like you're really uh taking advantage of what life has to offer you know because i think sometimes people convolute where uh you know because i do a lot of these v- videos where i roast people right yeah. and like it's like literally 70 percent comedy 30 percent some serious mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. right and when it comes down to it like i always use an example of people like well what if they make like jokes about asian people i'm like let me tell you something if there was nuance to it and they're kind of delving into like some type of Asian thought that I could relate. Yeah. I probably fucking laugh. Yeah. And I always use Russell Peters, Peters for an example. Mm-hmm. When Russell Peters did that Chinese accent, mm-hmm. dude, Chinese people, Asian people, we cracked the fuck up because yeah. of how accurate and nuanced it was. Right. right. Dave Chappelle too. He did the stand up where he did that. He was like, Hey, I'm Chinese. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about if he could um, choose whatever identity he could be. Right. So mm-hmm. that's like the root of the joke. Uh, I can laugh at that nuance, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you're just attacking it without making me laugh, that's where it becomes a little odd, right? Mm-hmm. And there's also stuff too where sometimes people like to make examples of of these comedic jokes without giving context mm-hmm. and also too without um, – telling people how how it was presented right because nothing is ever black and white in that type of sense specifically when it comes to comedy i i want comedy to be able to live and i think sometimes people or what i have been reading a lot is like oh you comics think that you could say whatever you want because it's a joke mm-hmm. Ta- yeah yeah <laughs> not just us you yeah. too yeah as long as the joke is perceived well mm-hmm. and is taken by the right crowd if my thing is this if there was no malicious intent and 60% of the, or 70% of the room is laughing and there's 30% that's offended, I I might be in that 30% crowd mm-hmm. that's offended by right, it, right? Right. But I won't be shouting out, you should cancel this person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cancel this motherfucking person. Yeah. And I think like Kevin Hart always touched on it too, where he thinks cancel culture, culture when it comes to comedy is absolutely ridiculous. Well, shit, again, cancel culture in general is pretty ridiculous right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There are people who have done some pretty horrendous things, Harvey Weinstein being one of them. Yeah. Canceling a guy like that, absolutely. There is nothing to disagree about on that. Yeah, it's front. not even cancel. He should be in jail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so like things like that, of course, but... Because people, somebody made a joke that hurt your feelings, 
Yeah. Because even when it came to that guy, so remember that guy that was casted in SNL, that dude Shane Gillis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, I was like irritated about what he said because there wasn't any joke. Mm-hmm. And then he later on, because I was just doing a comedic bit. I was like, you weren't doing a comedic bit. That was just your opinion about how dirty you thought Asian people were. Yeah. Right. And they're like, he should be canceled. I, was like, I don't know about that. I think he should still be able to work for SNL. He's right. a comic. Mm-hmm. If he really thought that was a bit, then mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of odd how that power is in people's hands to do that. Yeah, man. And it's a simple thing. It's like, if you don't find him funny from here on out, yeah. don't support his ticket sales. Right. Right. And here's the thing is that, do people are people not allotted uh, mistakes? You know yeah. what I mean. It's sometimes you need to make that mistake in order for you to reflect on it and get better from it. You know, sometimes yeah, you might say something that's misguided or ignorant, and then somebody calls you out on it, and you know the the hope from there is that you're able to reflect on it, like yeah. be able to be honest with yourself, not get so defensive, not put your shields up, be like, okay, maybe there's a possibility here that I fucked up. Maybe I got to look into what it is that I'm thinking and what it is that I said or what it is that I did even um, and, and see, reevaluate this and then learn from it. But then if you're talking about, oh, because this person fucked up, you automatically, we should cancel this person. Then you're essentially saying people aren't allowed to make mistakes. Sometimes people do stupid things. And especially when it's in the past, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. then you haven't seen these type of behaviors reflected in who they are now. Yeah. Then I honestly, what's the whole point of digging something up that happened 10 years ago that isn't a reflection of the person that you see before you, yeah. the content that they create, right? Yeah. So I'll give a great example. So I have a couple of friends of mine. Um, they did this video. Um, they basically played this game and it's, it's terrible. Not even in hindsight, what they did, it was pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were drawing this... Uh, it was this, this is what the game is. Let me just preface that. So the game was you have a hat and inside this hat are a bunch of people that is, it is impossible to make fun of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That is the whole stick of the game. Okay. And so they had a lot of people in it. They had like Jesus, whatever, the Dalai Lama, whoever you can name it. One of the names that was in that hat was uh, Trayvon Martin. Okay. Uh, it got drawn uh-huh. and the person who made that joke yeah. wasn't my friends. Uh-huh. It was the other, it was Shane Dawson. Uh-huh. Who he's under a fire for a lot of things. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, and he made a joke about Trayvon Martin, uh-huh. the kid who was murdered. Yeah. And he said, um, uh, maybe you wouldn't have gotten murdered if you had a job. Uh-huh. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. Right. But they got burned because they, they kind of, they laughed at the joke. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that they're white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so they put out a public apology video and you guys know who they are. They're Steve and Nikki. So Steve and Nikki put out a public apology video. Mm-hmm. The first one that they did wasn't that great. Um, I don't think they worded it very well. I think they got scared. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to put out a quick apology video, but they did a second one, which was a lot better. And mm-hmm. they apologized for it. Yeah. They apologized what, what, how it hurt the community, specifically in these times right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were asking me, it's like, well, you're doing these, why don't you roast them? Mm-hmm. I was like, because they apologized. Yeah. They were quick about it. Right. They apologized. They made these videos. And because they are my personal friends, do they get preferential treatment? Of course they fucking do. We have a personal fucking relationship. Yeah. If before I even got to contact them, they already apologized. Yeah, exactly. So what do I need to do? Call them up and be like, hey, you should apologize. Yeah. They already did. Yeah. So they they knew that they fucked up. Yeah. They knew that it happened in the past. And they 
and they already put that video down prior before um before the whole BLM movement happened. They mm-hmm. didn't take it down because of BLM. They took it down years ago because they looked back on it and they thought it was fucked up. Yeah. But um there was a kid named Jay Versace who I do follow. This kid's fucking funny. Uh-huh. He put their stuff out and he put them on blast. Uh-huh. And so um they took that small clip and I think like the original apology it was done kind of too suddenly yeah so it kind of came off as if they were trying to make excuses for their behavior but that really wasn't the case and when they came out with the second apology which is how they really felt Mm -hmm. and they better worded it it showed change Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and i i know them personally they don't have like a a hateful racist bone in their fucking body yeah and because i had that personal relationship and i haven't seen that from them in the three four years that i've known I can I can vouch for them and say that. Yeah. They still have to apologize, which they already did. So right. what's the whole point of me taking the clip of the video and doing a, an angry rant about them when I can just talk to them mano y mano? Yeah. And and that's the biggest fundamental difference though is that, you know, some of these people that you've roasted, they get defensive and actually double down sometimes yes, they on, do. on what they said. They they're not taking a moment to reflect and yeah. being like, "Oh shit, maybe I did something wrong or said something wrong here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should, you know, uh reevaluate." And apologize. I mean, some of these people are not doing that. So when you've taken the moment to reflect on what it is that you did, and, and you know, everybody processes it differently. You could you could learn about it, uh, same day, or you might need to take a week or two weeks or whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever the case is, once you come to the conclusion, I fucked up here, and since I did that publicly, I need to offer up an apology publicly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, what is there to roast about that? And, yeah, they and, already apologized. Yeah, and, and look, I could see the argument of, oh, you know, but they only did it because they got attacked. Again, there are plenty of other people who are getting attacked who will not offer you an apology, mm-hmm. who will double down on what they're saying, get defensive about what they're saying and stick to their guns, you know? Yeah, and I've, like I said, I know them. I've had personal conversations with them and their situation too are... I mean, Nikki, she's like part Filipino and whatever, right? Yeah. But that girl's white as fuck. Mm-hmm. She's as white as it fucking gets, <laughs> you know? And, you know, the girl grew up uh, around a majority of fucking white people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Steve is as white as it gets. Yeah. It doesn't help Steve's case that he looks like a KKK member too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Steve. I love you. But, <laughs> you know, he looks like prototypically he could be a racist. <laughs> you know, if you take a look at him. But in their case... I know them. So yeah, they do get a pass because I could just talk to them personally. I don't have to do a rant video. Mm-hmm. I know them. Yeah. I can call them up and be like, bro, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. But then when I saw the video, it was from years ago. And I know that they already took that video down prior before because mm-hmm. they knew how dumb it was. Yeah. They already learned from this. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the reflection in that. So these people have grown from the situation. Yeah. So what's the whole point of beating somebody down um, and try to correct the behavior? They've already corrected themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 look, that's that's what I'm saying is like people are one super hypersensitive, um, and two is they won't do their due diligence as well because yeah. sometimes it's like they'll you know some type some some something's going on an event or whatever, and um, you know I'll, I'll look at Twitter as one of the outlets for like real time news updates, and then I'll see certain things like maybe supplemental evidence coming out of of a certain incident right of yeah there's a behavior of this pattern whatever but sometimes that's just straight up bullshit it's just straight up made up you know Mm -hmm. and people start thinking oh yeah that's valid evidence because somebody tweeted it and posted it out you know it's like no you got to do your due diligence too do they have a history of this behavior Mm -hmm. you know or or is this more like a momentary lapse in judgment is there is there is just a fuck up right and can they come back from this yeah Uh, it's because a lot of two 
Some of y'all motherfuckers act like you're perfect. If I look, the only difference between you and some of these other people, and I guarantee you probably done way more fucked up things than these people have and haven't learned from it, is mm-hmm. that they're in the public eye, the public yeah, figures. Yeah, for sure. You're no fucking different, and some of you are 10 times fucking worse. Like, mm-hmm. there was a, I'll give the greatest example. Remember that one girl who wore that Chinese dress for her prom? And the people were flipping out about it, saying it was cultural appropriation, mm. that this Chinese dress isn't your fucking costume <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But this dude, but this Asian dude that attacked her, mm. people found his tweets, and he was dropping the N-bomb with a hard R. <laughs> like, bitch, who the fuck do you think you are? You're talking about cultural appropriation and being racist? Yeah. You're 10 times worse. Right. She just wore a dress, and she looked good. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, in that situation, people in China were like, what's the problem? She looked good. Yeah. <laughs> like, she looked so good. Like, yeah. what the problem, man? You know? They were tripping. Yeah, but this guy wanted to make a big deal about it because for some reason it, it bothered him. Yeah. when he's the one, he's the one going around saying racial obscenities about another culture and another race. So how are you any different? So it makes me wonder about people who are pointing these fingers so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what are the closets that you're hiding? Yeah, or well, the, the skeletons in your closet that you're hiding? Yeah, I, I mean the thing is, is that sometimes, uh, well, that's the shame about technology is that. You know, it's enabled a lot of these trolls and a lot of these keyboard warriors to mm-hmm. basically say whatever they want to say without repercussion mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of free of guilt and, and having a conscience. Because yeah. guarantee you're not going to say that shit to their face. You yeah, know? of course guarantee. not. You would never say that. Yeah. You, you don't have the balls to do that, you know? I don't have the balls. You <laughs> <laughs> think I fucking do that shit in my car, yeah, son? So, but but <laughs> it, makes it makes it so easy. It makes it so easy to, to just you know, put somebody on blast like that. And then um, to feel empowered by it once people start uh, kind of supporting what it is that you're saying. Man, I'll put it to you like this, man. Um, I know a lot of people might think I'm being very hypocritical because I, I roast people. But remember, like I'm a comic. First thing is to make you laugh, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes with comedy, there's a little bit of seriousness and that's why it hits a little harder. Some of those videos weren't comedy. It was just my thoughts. Yeah. But just to put in perspective, one of these one of these dudes, uh, I forgot what his name was. He was a Korean rapper, mm-hmm. and he was saying some fucked up shit, mm-hmm. um, specifically about the BLM. He was like, I understand the campaign. He goes, fuck that shit. You guys can't take anything away from me. Mm-hmm. And he was going off. And I even messaged him. I was like, bro, if you full-heartedly apologize and you can sit there and reflect on it, I'll take this video down. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put out this half-assed fucking apology. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah. <laughs> it's not happening right yeah i'm not i'm not telling people to cancel him yeah i'm just saying i was just more like just calling him out calling you out yeah. for it yeah you don't have to cancel him you guys can support his music or whatever whatnot that's yeah. up to you just know I, what you're supporting know what you're supporting mm-hmm. and so in his case i even messaged him i said you can apologize if you apologize i'll take your fucking video down yeah and he did this quick little half-ass thing and i'm like nah it stays up <laughs> you know it stays up try again try try again <laughs> It's weird too when it comes, and there may be a time where somebody, where I have to apologize for something that I said, right? Mm-hmm. And I say a lot of crass and insensitive things, very crass and insensitive, and I might have to do an apology, man. Yeah, I mean that's that is kind of the price that you pay being in the public eye. And I a- wonder sometimes too if I have to take a stand for comedy or if if it's something where it's just so wrong that mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to apologize for it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, like. Um, Sometimes when I do this podcast, I'm like, did I say some fucked up shit? You know, but I was like, well, I'm a comic. I'm making jokes. You yeah, know, yeah, like there's yeah. no malicious intent and yeah. it should be. Yeah. If it's perceived fine, it is. Yeah. If, 
my thing is, is like if 90% perceive it fine and 10% find it offensive, you can suck my dick. Yeah. That means that uh, I did, I did my due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, man, again, I think it, it's like the overall picture, you know, it, does this person have a behavior of like, um, being negative or like, you know, being hateful. Right. Mm-hmm. Or is it just a joke, you know? Um, and, and I feel like that line has become such a gray area and yeah. like people think it's crossing the line every time now. I know a lot of people who make like um, just a joke and it offends me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just let it slide because I'm like, oh, this motherfucker just tried to make a joke and it didn't work. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I can't be up in arms about that shit because it makes me into a hypocrite because I'm a comic. Mm-hmm. I say fucked up shit all the time. And yeah. I sometimes I have to look at these people and be like, Man, you had a fucked up set <laughs> and just move on from it. <laughs> like, I've, like, for example, there was a I was at the post office. And this dude was trying to relate to me in some kind of way. This was pre-COVID. This was like a few years back. Okay. But he was like, you could tell like he was trying to make like funny Asian jokes because he had a couple of Asian friends. Yeah. I don't know this motherfucker. (laughs) So clearly I'm going to find it offensive. Yeah. You know, but he was making like some like Korean, Korean jokes. I forgot what it was, but it has something to do with like kimchi and how it smells or some Mm -hmm. shit. I knew it. Right. Some shit like that. Right. Yeah. I just kind of just looked at him and like smiled. Uh And I had to really think at that moment. It's like. He's actually trying to be nice. Yeah. You know, he's actually not trying to be offensive and yeah. he's trying to make jokes and make me laugh. It's not working. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get into his face, have a side conversation with this guy and be like, fuck you, guy. Yeah. Like, you need to cut that shit out. Yeah. Because for me, I saw his intent. He was trying to relate. And I could I could tell he has Korean friends because he wouldn't know these things mm-hmm. unless he knew something about Korean people. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, whatever, let it go. It's a bad set. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a bad you set. You tried, you shot your shot, but yeah. oh man. All I did was like, haha, okay, man, that's yeah. cool. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you know? You know, sometimes too, though, people are kind of socially awkward or yeah. just, just not very socially adept, you know? Um, Dog, man, I, I run into those situations all these times where sometimes these people who, they're not really fans, they kind of know of me in a peripheral sense, mm-hmm. but they, they they try to act super cool, and I like I don't give a fuck if you know me or not. I don't care. Yeah. Like, why do you have to fucking puff your chest so hard? So I was at uh, Kangodo Pekjum, right? The, yeah. The KBBQ spot. It's yeah. Bomb-ass place, man. Shout out to Kangodo. So, um, give him a sponsor. <laughs> I know, yeah, let me eat there for free, dog. But uh, I was there, and this guy... You know, he's he's serving our table mm-hmm. and he looks at me and he goes, um, he goes like, oh, you look kind of familiar, which that means you already know who the fuck I am. <laughs> you already know who the fuck I yeah. am. Right. Yeah. I have a very distinct cookie face. <laughs> uh, he goes, mm, he goes, you kind of look familiar. He's like, do I know you from somewhere? I'm like, I was like, nah, probably not. Yeah. You know, because just you saying that already kind of already irritates yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Right, because I have to do this whole song and dance over and over and over. And I understand, like, maybe some people are awkward, so I, I don't get mad about it. It's just kind of like I have to do this so many times. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, probably not, right? And then I'm just trying to eat and chill. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, I do know you, man. And he's like, you're uh, he's like, you're you're on YouTube and stuff. I was like, thanks, man. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I used to watch your stuff, like, back in the day. And I'm like, cool, thanks, man. And I'm trying to eat. Yeah. I appreciate it. And then he comes back and he leaves. And I think he's trying to be funny yeah. or something. And I'm sitting there and as, as we're eating, he, he looks at me and he goes, like, he goes, he goes, Oh, is that your bag? He goes, it's kind of like a female like bag. It's kind of girly for a big dude like you. And I, and I look at him and I remember, I forgot who was next to me, but I remember exactly what I said. Uh-huh. I looked at him. I said, you're bombing. Yeah. He's like, what? I was like, you're fucking bombing. Nobody's <laughs> laughing. I was like, if that's the set that you're working on, yeah. you're bombing. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me and bring me your manager. Yeah. Right? 
And I came back and because it was like he was trying to make a joke at my expense. Yeah. You know, he was like trying to make the the, the group laugh at the table mm-hmm. at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, if you just did that to me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now you're now you're trying to be Mr. Cool Guy. Like yeah. you're trying to be the guy that roasts the guy that roasts other people. Yeah. And so you sit there and the whole table's laughing at him. He's yeah. super embarrassed. Yeah. You know, and he goes, oh, I didn't know you were sensitive. I was like, no, come back. I'm like, I'm not sensitive. I'm sitting here. I don't know you. Yeah. And you're making this very awkward. I was like, why do you want to make this awkward? Yeah. It's like, just. Just be nice. I'm just trying to eat my meal, yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm just trying to eat, man. I was like, you want to talk to me after? Don't make this whole scene in front of my friends. Yeah. Just go away. Yeah. The manager came out, had to apologize to me. And then afterwards, I came up to him, too. I didn't leave it at that. Yeah. I was like, hey, bro, like, no, I'm not trying to get you in trouble or something. But you know that that was kind of fucked up what you were trying to do. Yeah. He was like, oh, my bad, man. I apologize. He was like, <laughs> he's just like trying to say sorry. I'm like. It's like, I'm not mad. It's yeah. just more like... You're irritated. I was irritated. Yeah. Because yeah, you're trying to make fun of me at my expense in front of my friends. Yeah. Because you're trying to be Mr. Cool Guy. Yeah. Cut that shit out. If yeah. you wanted to talk to me about stuff, we could have talked. Time and place, bro. Time and place Time is all. Time and place. You know? You know? Nice it, dude. Yeah. It's like... And, and the thing is, uh, you're supposed to be a server. Like, yeah. It's like, you're still what? supposed to do your job. Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing that annoyed me the most. Yeah. Get me my food. Yeah. Like, what server is going to come here and try to, you know, clown on you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, if if if... Like, let's say the context was different of this was just a regular uh, group of people and a regular server and the server decided to try to roast one of those people. Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? For <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was like, why did you think my group of friends were going to sit there and allow you to do that? Yeah. And there was one dude that was going to slap the shit out of him. <laughs> and I was like, bro, yeah. what are you doing, kid? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and my friends too, these are like, oh, I remember it's my homies from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And they just were like irritated because mm-hmm. they're not used to this type of stuff. Yeah. Right. And they're like, is this why people talk to you all the time? Yeah. And I'm like, how not- old was he? Um, I don't know. He had to be in his mid twenties though. Like that's pretty bad. Yeah. He's in his mid twenties. He's out of college for sure. Like he didn't look that young. If he's like a 14, 15 year old, whatever. Yeah. But he was an adult. Yeah. And so, you know, my friends are fucking irritated because they're not used to this shit. I'm not personally used to it either. Yeah. So, cause I feel like 99% of the people, they, they just come up and say hi and that's it. And we'll even have like long, deep conversations if I really click with them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. And people can attest to that Mm -hmm. is that approach was really odd. No, I, that 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 was honestly a, a big lapse in judgment, and and like to be fair, I can see like let's say he was an like actual fan of yours, like yeah. a, like a current fan, you know, and maybe he was just trying to downplay how much of a fan he is, yeah, uh, by saying, oh, where do I know you from, that type of shit, yeah. and so like the approach to that of kind of trying to offset and mask you know like him his excitement might come some people for some people might come in out in a very awkward way you know yeah. and i understand like the awkwardness too because yeah. that's the stuff that i'm cool with yeah right like yeah. i i get awkward too when i see somebody that i like right but then it's just the when he came in hard and he tried to make these jokes it was like what are you doing yeah like just say hi yeah. like just say hi be normal around yeah. me you know or just talk to me after or, or talk to me after yeah. or something but you trying to do a stand-up set every time you came back from the table and it's at my expense yeah. anybody would take that offensively not just me just anybody for sure, as a human for being. sure it's just look man you don't fucking go to a restaurant for somebody for the server to try to rush you yeah, I know. <laughs> i'm trying to eat my fucking food yeah. there's a restaurant i think uh, uh up in the bay that does that where it's like it's, seattle or portland portland yeah, or, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or is it is one of those places yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, if you're not going and, and paying for an experience like that, I, I just came here to eat and just to have my food brought out to me. <laughs> Do you remember that one time where it was like me, you and Z we were eating at that breakfast place and on sunset. And mm-hmm. there was that one weird kid that sat at our table. Oh, 
Do you, you remember got, that you're shit? You're going to have to jog my memory So we were more. we were eating at the spot. First of all, I hate going to Sunset. I hate that whole area. But it was Z's <laughs> idea because he likes bougie-ass shit. And so, man, you don't remember that. I remember this shit because we were going to fuck this kid up. Because <laughs> oh, he got to that level? He got to that point. <laughs> oh, shit. Because we were, we were sitting at the table. Uh-huh. It was me, you, and Z, uh-huh. and we were having a brunch because it was like a waffle or pancake spot. Okay. But this kid was also one of those guys that were trying to be Mr. Cool Guy, super uh-huh. funny. And as we're sitting there, we're eating, he pulls up his chair and sits at our table as we were eating. You don't mm-hmm. remember this shit? I don't. I remember this shit like it's yesterday. Uh-huh. So we were, it was you, me, and Z. Uh-huh. We're sitting there and, you know, he tries to throw a couple of jokes. I don't remember what the jokes were. Yeah. But it was getting to the point. And I remember you were the one that was irritated the, the irritated first. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. don't remember. Because we were, we, were, we were talking about some shit uh-huh. and, he, and he just kept interrupting our conversation. Uh-huh. And he kept on th- throwing jokes. Didn't introduce himself. Yeah. Didn't say anything. So we Wow, really? We didn't know who he was. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I didn't think he was a fan. Uh-huh. So he just kept on making these like stupid jokes. Yeah. And after a while we were eating and he pulls up his chair and he sits next to us uh-huh. and he starts and he brings his plate and starts eating his food at our table. Holy you shit. You don't remember this nah, shit? I don't, man. Dog. And you got fucking mad, and which caused me to get mad. <laughs> right? And then I literally walked over to the next table. I was yeah. like, is this your fucking friend? Uh-huh. They're like, oh shit, my bad. We're so sorry. And I dra- I grabbed this chair and I dragged him all the way to the other table. I was like, you eat here. Don't fucking come up to us or I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And you were staring so hard at him. Yeah. And I got mad for you. <laughs> holy shit man I that don't was the worst interaction i've ever had in my that, life i mean just hearing it is terrible <laughs> yeah. and like i would be i would get irritated if that happened yeah. you know and he uh, just started like he was so fucking rude to us i was like who the fuck is this guy and it yeah. turned out uh-huh. that he just he just knew me on youtube and uh-huh. he was trying to make make fun of me or some shit and uh-huh. then after he saw all three of us were fucking irritated yeah i was getting mad and yeah. i don't think he realized how big i was <laughs> you know he got super fucking quiet and yeah. we just kept staring at him uh-huh. until he got up and he left uh-huh you know but then his other friends apologized they're like i'm so sorry i'm like yeah was it was it an asian kid it was an asian kid oh, trying to be I, fucking funny dude i can't remember this man but no for sure if that happened i would get fucking irritated you remember it, that one girl when we went to hodori and she was throwing ice at us no damn your memory sucks Dude, dog you got hella mad so we were at so there's a spot up in k-town called hodori uh-huh and uh that's a spot so me and edrick used to be insomniacs he still is i'm not yeah. Gonna, <laughs> yeah yeah but uh we used to so that's like the late night spot after we would go drinking kicking it or whatever and when i lived in k-town i lived there for about six years and drinking and eating was our thing yeah uh we were at hodori uh-huh. and there was a girl that was uh saying like oh i know who you are you're that one fucking funny guy uh-huh. it's like make a joke say uh-huh. say something funny uh-huh. and then you in defense of me uh-huh. turn around it's like hey we're trying to eat yeah you know could you mind just oh like- i remember that i do remember that <laughs> i do remember that yes i do remember and then she got fucking mad and as we're talking she started chucking ice cubes at you <laughs> remember do. that shit I do and then I was getting fucking pissed yeah and then I just remember uh, I was looking at her and then we were saying some shit and I think the thing that got them scared is because she was with one boyfriend there's uh-huh. like four or five of us at the table yeah yeah I just remember saying this shit I was like hey nobody's gonna fucking slap you but we'll beat the fuck out of your fucking boyfriend <laughs> right <laughs> And then the dude was telling her to go to the shut yeah, the fuck chill, up. Chill. It's like, yo, chill, 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 chill. Yeah, yeah. There's like five of us. I was yeah. like, we're gonna fuck up your boyfriend, man. Yeah. We're gonna fuck him up. <laughs> I do remember that. I do, cause uh I remember she was uh pretty drunk. Yeah, you know? And um, yeah, she was to the back of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this bitch is starting to irritate the shit out of me right now, yeah. man. It's like what? What is she? Because she was slurring her speech too. Yeah, I thought that's like one of the most annoying shit to me, man. Yeah, I do remember that incident. Um, but the other one, I don't remember that. Uh, 
I, and I'm surprised. I, I don't remember like something that ridiculous. That guy was being so fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like he pulled up his chair, sat there. Who does that? I don't know. Who it fucking does didn't that? Didn't introduce himself. Or, yeah. and, and if he did, that would be inappropriate. Right. And I was Let like, me just join y'all real quick. Yeah, he's like, oh, because you, I recognize like, you. I, remember, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but it was something stupid. And I was like, oh, what y'all eating? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, this shit's really good. He starts like munching it in front of our face and stuff. And I'm like, if, does he know me or is he trying to be funny? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like one of your friends or something. <laughs> and oh, then, my God. And you could tell when the mood is getting really bad. Yeah. And people could sense like, oh, somebody's about to get socked. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what, thank God his friends were there and they yeah. apologized or whatever. Because mm -hmm. I was like, Doug, I'm just going to start, I'm going to take this chair and smash it over this motherfucker's head. <laughs> it's about to become WWE right now. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, yeah. you're about to get beat by a really fat Korean guy right Dude, now. Dude, but you know, that's the thing, man. Some people just are not perceptive at all. They, yeah. they just, they don't have, like that they can't pick up on social cues they yeah. don't know how to engage people socially and and as a result it comes across as very offensive um but it's like it's hard man for somebody in your position because you're recognized like people know you and then there's kind of that sense of oh i know this guy because i've seen him so many times on youtube mm. or whatever and there's a sense of familiarity but then for you you have no fucking clue who these people are yeah it's not like you don't appreciate their support or anything but yeah. it's like and I, I, i'm a lot of people who can attest when they when they meet me i'm all about i, I talk to anybody dude i've seen it yeah. i've seen it i you chop know? it up with everybody yeah. we talk about deep shit we're all good time and place though yeah time and place and um, like even this last college show that I went to, man, I got a bunch of these stories, man. There was one kid who for some fucking, first of all, 30 years old now, man. Like I don't find a 19 year old girl attractive ever. <laughs> Especially Asian 19 year old. Yeah. Like you guys look, look like, like you're 15. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm being super friendly. I'm joking around or whatever. And there was this one guy that was part of this Asian organization. Mm -hmm. And I could tell he really, really liked this one girl, right? Mm -hmm. But she was one of the people that were showing me around co the college campus. Mm -hmm. I'm like fucking 11 years older than her, dude. And I have a fucking fiance. <laughs> the fuck? You know? Yeah. And so, you know, we're joking around. You know, I'm making people laugh or whatever. And I feel like that's a part of my duty for these college people that take me out. Mm -hmm. Is not only – they think it's a, it's their job to show me a good time. I actually think it's the opposite. I feel like it's my job to show you guys a good time mm -hmm. that I'm here to, you know, kick it, hang out, or do whatever. I'm here in service for you guys because you guys want me to come here and do this event. So why the fuck not? Mm -hmm. And so um, this dude was being super weird towards me and super salty. And I just remember the girl was like laughing because we were joking around. Super sweet girl. And uh, this dude kept on making snarky comments to me like mm -hmm. about some stupid shit. And the one that really ticked me off was uh, she was like, hey, are you going to come out um, to the after party? And I was like, I was like, honestly, I, I usually don't. But, you know, if it's for you guys, like I'll be there. I'll have a couple of drinks. And, you know, the guy, you could tell when somebody makes a joke when it's made to uh, be either an awkward joke or it's made to tried to with malicious intent right right and he made some kind of joke about me being really fucking old or whatever right and i looked at him i was like she's not gonna fuck you <laughs> and it got fucking awkward his face turned bright red yeah. i was like she's not gonna fuck you I, was like, I don't know if you haven't noticed she doesn't like you yeah right uh -huh. and then she started laughing which uh -huh. didn't help him and then he got super upset and yeah. you could tell he was just in a bad mood i was like bro you didn't have to do that to me. Yeah. I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. You know, I yeah. was like, I'm not hitting on her, uh -huh. but because you try to make this. And when he made that joke, the whole room got silent. You could tell the air got really yeah, fucking weird. Cringy. So I had to say something yeah. to kind of break up this tension. I yeah. was like, she's not going to fuck you. Yeah. Just to let you know. I was like, she doesn't like you. You can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the, and the kid got really awkward and I had to take him aside and have a conversation with them. And I was like, Hey man, I don't like doing this shit. 
I was like, if you got a problem with me, say something. He goes, like, I don't have a problem with you, man. It's like, I was just making a joke. I was like, nah, you weren't making a joke, man. Yeah. I was like, you think that I'm hitting on this fucking 19-year-old girl? Right. I was like, if you like her, just, you know, you're going to have an after party. Like, hit on her then. Yeah. She's just showing me around. Yeah. You know, and it's weird that I have to, t- and I'm talking to him like I'm his older uncle. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> well, technically, you kind of are like. Yeah, that, I'm his that, older no. uncle. It's yeah. like, what is going on? This is not a competition. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I'm 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he apologized after. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, man. It's like, I'm just like fucking stressed out because the show's over or whatever. Yeah. I was like, bro, but you know, you made it really weird for everybody. Honestly, yeah. you should probably apologize because yeah. you, the whole room got silent. Everybody kind of got really weirded out and yeah. people are going to remember that shit. Yeah. Sometimes, man, people go out on a limb to do something and they quickly real instant regret. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. instant regret. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, now, I'm saying this is like, this happens very few and far between. Yeah, yeah, This is yeah. a span of 10 years. I have like maybe like I don't know, 20 or 30 stories, mm-hmm. which sounds like a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, after you travel, you do so many stand up comedy shows. It's going to happen where somebody doesn't like you. Yeah. And it's just, you know what I do for yeah. a living. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and like also, too, I think there's kind of the expectation um, when somebody is like a public figure in some sense that that person's always on. You know, yeah. like you're not, they're not, they're human beings too, man. Yeah. They're not going to always be on whatever they're known for, whether they're a comedian, actor, you know, musician, whatever the case is and whatever you think their public persona is. And, and maybe you uh, associate that with maybe their private persona. Like yeah. that's how you think they are, man. Sometimes people just don't want to be bothered, you know? And and it's like, yeah. and, and look, that, that, that is definitely something that comes with the territory. I understand that. That is a price that, uh, you know, people have to pay for that type of um, position that they're in. But it doesn't mean that they can't have a negative reaction to it either, you know? Yeah, especially when you're when you're trying to be mean to me, you yeah. know? Right, right. That's <laughs> like, a whole different thing. Like, when you're trying to – if you're awkward or whatever, then that's fine. Yeah. Because I'm awkward too. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm super awkward. I have social anxiety, so I get it. Mm. It's just when you try to disrespect me, it's like <laughs> – Yeah. It's like, Publicly? I was like, I'm socially awkward, but that shit goes away when i get mad yeah <laughs> you know so let's fucking do it guy hey man well guys that wraps up this episode of the genius brain podcast uh by the way when you hear these stories this is not how it is most of the time this is like this is like these funny intricate stories yeah, I, have a, sure. I have a million of these stories but majority of the time people are really cool yeah like i'm no i mean dude i've been there with you countless times when yeah. people come up and as long as they're respectful as long as they're picking a good time and place for it there, you have no problem obliging them. Most yeah. of the time, it's oh my god, David. So I'm a big fan. Can I get a picture? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. take a picture. That's how you chop it up for a minute or two, and then they're off on their way. Right? Yeah. You said, pat their butt, get on <laughs> out of here, <laughs> pop, pop, yeah. get out of here, buddy. <laughs> but then it's these, uh, you know, pockets of of not the greatest interactions. Yeah, and sometimes where, I make mistakes too. Like I yeah. remember some uh, one uh, I was <laughs> as this this is on ongoing joke sometimes that i do i don't do it as much now but mm. there was uh, something that came up to me and he was like hey david do you mind if i get a picture i was like fuck you <laughs> this kid was like i'm he so- devastated he was like, i'm so sorry i was like bro i was just kidding i'm kidding right and then he was like shaking because yeah. he was so nervous yeah. and then i said fuck you to him yeah. as a joke oh man and I you felt- picked the wrong guy, yeah I- See, so i make that mistake too yeah, but yeah. i apologize i was yeah, like hey bro sure. i was joking yeah bro. of course you think yeah. i'm like, well, man. Yeah. like I'm so sorry like it took me forever to come up to you and you know when you told me that like <laughs> you scared so me up, dog i felt so bad <laughs> he he mustered up the courage to come up and i wrecked his ass yeah. <laughs> but i was kidding and then obviously yeah. we took a photo uh-huh. but hey man i love you dude <laughs> you know i was just kidding 
I'm like, fuck you. It's like forever shattered his. Khalif saw me do that joke a couple of times too. He goes, bro, you're fucked up. I was like, it's a joke. I'm kidding. And we still take the photo, you know? Yeah. I just yeah. tell him, you know, I laugh after. Some yeah. of them, I say about 50% of the people get it. <laughs> the other 50 get devastated. But, you know. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, my <laughs> idol just told me, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But Edric, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at ed2instagram, secretsociety.com. Yeah, that's S-C-R-T-Society.com. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, uh, every Thursday and Sundays is a Genius Brain Podcast. We talked about a lot of random shit today. A lot. Just here to be with you on your daily commute. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. Hey, and by the way, guys, if you guys want me to make a late night radio sh- uh, show, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> it's just going to be him making fucking blowjob noises. <laughs> that's all it is. That's just going to be this. Fucking disgusting. (laughs) All right, y'all. See y'all next time. All right, y'all. Peace.